With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Harden My Take the number one podcast on the dreamshake.com, home of all things Houston Rockets on SBNation.com. Jeremy Brenner and Michael Brown here. We're talking the return of the NBA. Return of the NBA. Michael Brown, we can finally say that a season is upon us. I feel like Kate Winslet in Titanic. With my eyes closed, my arms open, I feel the happiest that I have felt in such a long time. Kate Winslet, Titanic, I'm here for it, I'm excited, I can't wait. Yeah, it's, uh, and I'm probably Leo DiCaprio when she's painting, or when he's painting Kate Winslet, uh, like one of his French girls, but... I don't know if you thought you were going to talk any Titanic, and I don't know if I threw you for a loop there. I'm just saying she was completely elated at that moment. As I am sitting here right now in my James Harden jersey, I am ready to talk some basketball. Yes, we can finally uh, talk about current event basketball um, with, you know, it's been obviously very uh, dull, very dormant, very un, you know, Fear of the unknown almost for the past couple of months, but uh, it looks to be a cor- so uh, it looks to be that according to Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, Shams Charania of the Athletic and Stadium, uh, they put out tweets today that uh, make it uh, seem as if the Board of Governors meeting today at 12:30 p.m. Eastern, that's 11:30 uh, Houston time, will approve this plan. Plan that Adam Silver has lined up, and so uh, I guess we're proud to say the the plan set in place is 
an eight-game regular season, followed by a traditional uh, three or four best-of-seven rounds. That includes the NBA Finals. Um, and considering there are only eight regular season games, and the Rockets are, uh, I believe, eight games ahead of the uh, bottom-feeding teams at least, the Houston Rockets have qualified for the NBA playoffs, Michael Brown. Yeah, they have. And we've we've spoken about this before, but I'm going to reiterate it. This team, the way that they're currently constructed, I think that they were dangerous in pre-COVID-19 hitting. This format is makes them so much more dangerous for every other team in the league because of the way they play. And I'm sure we'll get into that as we talk about matchups and things like that. But this happening is the best case scenario for the Rockets. Mm -hmm. So today is June 4th, the the day of this podcast uh, releasing June 4th. And that would mean that July uh, 31 being the day that they're going to target a comeback, uh, according to sources, that means it's... Um, I believe it's what eight weeks and from Friday. Yeah. So yep. Friday is June 5th at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We are eight weeks away from the regular season. Resuming. Yeah. It's the props to Adam silver, by the way, mm-hmm. because he's a guy and it obviously it takes the players and, and the head of the player unions and the, you know, the coaches and the gyms and all that. But it takes somebody like Adam Silver to be able to pull something like this off. And we should preface this conversation by saying that all of this good news, everything is coming, but it still needs to be implemented, right? But it looks like like they have the majority of things figured out. And there's a couple tweets that I saw that make me pretty optimistic that if something, you know, if somebody does test positive, for example, they have contingencies in place that they're not just going to shut the league down. And that was a big worry for a lot of basketball fans where if the NBA comes back and they have a positive test, how are they going to handle it? But it looks like they have a good grasp grasp on what they're going to do there. But Adam Silver deserves all the credit in the world for being able to get them back at some point this season, it looks like, to finish out this season and crown a champion. I think that... You know, I think considering the fact that Adam Sand, uh, Adam Silver, not Adam Sandler, I don't know what is up with me today, but Adam, be, uh, the G- Adam no. Sandler could play Adam Silver in a movie, I feel like. But Adam Silver being the first commissioner to uh, suspend their league and the first commissioner to bring back their league, it could be in terms of his legacy, his defining moment. And so far, he's done a good job in these harrowing circumstances that are not easy for anyone. And I feel like in the world today, there's a lot of of cooks in every kitchen. And it takes a head chef to figure out how to navigate the kitchen. And what Adam Silver has done is just that. He is the chef in the kitchen right now. People respect him. People uh, respond to him. And people are proud 
to work with him. And that is the sign of a great commissioner. And uh, Adam Silver has done a tremendous job uh, navigating this situation. Now we get here, the day where the NBA Board of Governors votes for uh, the resumption of the NBA season. So let's kind of take this away from the Rockets a little bit and just talk about the format of what we have going. So there's gonna, they're going to come back late uh, in the middle of July. They're going to get a two-week training camp. And then they'll start games late July or July 31st, you know, around that time, before, our, before August. Then eight games get played. But the, the thing about eight games that I found to be a bit confusing, Mike, is that, I mean, obviously some teams have played more games before the season ended than mm-hmm. others. So what is what is the plan for that? Like, do you think that that was just kind of like a blanket idea? Because, like, if you look at it, the Rockets and the Mavericks have the same number of wins, but because the Mavericks have played three more games, all losses, the Mavericks are a game and a half back of the Rockets and Thunder. So, like, to me, that doesn't – like, if I'm a Mavericks fan, that doesn't sound very fair – um, that you know the that the Mavericks have to play more games and have more chance to fall in the standings ra- rather than having you know the Rockets just they're just what happened and randomness getting them to where they are. So so do you think that it's just going to be eight games for everybody and how do they settle tiebreakers and stuff of that nature? I think you look at, I mean, for example, from what you just talked, the Lakers are, what, 49 and, and 14? Yeah. So they're 49 and 14, so they played 63 games. So if they play eight games, that takes them to 71. You look at the Clippers, they play eight games, it takes them to 72. The Nuggets, they play eight games, they're going over. I, they're they're going to they're gonna work that out. The most important thing is that they have a, a broad base to come back with, right? Because there's, there's things that you have to look at beyond this, right? You have to look at they're only bringing 22 teams to Orlando. That's the plan, right? 13 in the West and 9 in the East. Mm-hmm. So you have to look at, okay, the, the Mavericks have played 67 games. They should uh, get more games, right? Because right. um, that brings that they're at, what, 67? So they should really have 15 games left. Ah. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I really don't. I think they're – what I do trust is the, the, brain, the brain trust of the NBA will not allow it to be unfair for the teams. But it also – there has to be a conversation about the Mavericks had, you know, 67-some-odd games to win more games, right? So the NBA has to take that into account of we live in a, in a different world right now. Like, it's not going to be fair. These teams have to adjust on the fly. There's going to be games played at times that these guys are not ready to play at. You know, there's talk about there's only three or four courts available for different networks and different things. There's a high likelihood that teams are going to have to play games at 1 o'clock Eastern time. These guys are not used to playing at 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I mean, right? they, will, they, will when they, they will when they're quarantined in the Orlando bubble. And then right. I think they're going to get, they're going to acclimate themselves to that. And, and you know what? If, if some players complain or they want like us as fans, I don't care. You're a professional athlete, figure it out. That's the answer. And 
And if I'm a player, be happy you get to go back to play basketball this year and we get to crown a champion. If the NBA comes out and says you get eight games, it's going to be better for some teams, not better for others. The Mavericks, I'm sure Mark Cuban, you know, because he's such a quiet guy and, and you know, really doesn't uh, act in a very, you know, boisterous manner towards the refs or the league because he's never done that. I'm sure he would have something to say. And the league's going to say, look, dude, you know what? You want to pull your team? You don't, you don't want them to play? Then go home. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's another team that would be glad to take their spot in the, in the playoffs. So I think it'll all itself yeah. out. Yeah, and I think that's the whole thing about um, what's made this very difficult is that there is no right answer to right. Uh, how to bring the league back and how to uh, you know determine who, who goes to Orlando, who stays behind. Do we bring all the teams there? Do we you know divide them up? There, there has not been – there is no correct answer because nobody's done this before. And there's no right way to do this. Maybe if this were to happen uh, in future seasons, then this is the this is the baseline, and this is what you have to can you know amend to it if it ever happened in the future. But because this is these this is the guinea pig experiment here, they they don't know what to do, so they're uh, tweaking it as they go. I just think there could be a lot of frustration for a team that um, that is a half game behind the next team up. And like for instance, if if some team finishes in fourth place in their conference and they are a half game behind the third place team and they would have the tiebreaker over the third place team, then that would be kind of frustrating because in this in this, resumption of the season there is no home court advantage that teams are are striving towards so but the thing is the matchups i think is going to be what teams care about i could see teams honestly um if they see that the numbers are like going a different way i could see them maybe uh giving their team extra load management for one game that you know, might be a bit better if they lose or might be a little bit better than they if they win. But the thing is, I think we're going to see a lot of teams in the West play teams in the West. And then we're going to see a lot of teams in the East play a lot of teams in the East because that's how you're going to get the best champion possible. And in the West, four games separate second from sixth right now. So yep. it's going to be like the Dallas Mavericks are in seventh right now, but they could be number two. If because they're only five and a half games back, they can make that up in eight games. Eight games doesn't sound like a lot, but it will change the balance of power in the Western Conference. In the Eastern Conference, it will as well because uh, Indiana, Indiana, and Philadelphia are tied fifth and sixth right now. They're only two games back of Miami. Miami's only two and a half back of Boston. Boston and the Raptors are three games within each other. Uh, Brooklyn and Orlando are a half game out. So there's there's a lot of jockeying for position that eight games can experience several uh, changes in the standings. And I think that's what the NBA is looking at is I think what they're doing is they're saying they're splitting this into three seasons. It feels like you had the first part pre COVID-19 here's your record. Right. And I think that the standings are close enough that here's eight games. You play your next eight games and we let everybody fall where they may. And then we start the playoffs because you've had enough of a, like I talked about before, you've had enough games to get your seating to where you would have wanted it before this whole thing happened. And as a Rockets fan, as a prelude to what we're going to talk about later, 
I'm sure. If the playoffs started today, it would be the best, the best, the best the, the playoffs could set up for the Rockets would be if the playoffs started today. Barna, the why matchups the Rockets would... Why do I think that? Because you look at, as a Rockets fan, Jeremy Brenner, who are you more afraid of, the Lakers or the Clippers? Mm, that's tough. Um, I would probably... Because mm. to me, this is easy. This is an easy question. But I'm going to let you think about it for a second and marinate on it like a good piece of steak before... I'm going to think about it. Because okay. I, I think that... The, I think that... I think you you know the answer that I'm going to say, but I don't think it's as cut and dry as it appears. What do I think you're going to say? I think you think that I'm going to say the Lakers are a much difficult matchup. Nope. I think they're the easier matchup, and I don't even think it's close. I think the Rockets should do everything they can to avoid the Clippers as early as possible. I think you want to see the Clippers in the Western Conference final. We agree on this. Yeah. We do, because the Rockets showed it. Again, post-Clay uh, Capella, Robert Covington's first game, remember, was at Staples Center. What is the Lakers' biggest weakness right now? Perimeter defense. Perimeter defense, but it's also their guard play. I mean, realistically, who are they have? You have Danny Green, who I like a lot, but can't create his own shot. You have Avery Bradley. Do I? The Rockets win those matchups in the backcourt. A hundred percent. A hundred eighty-five percent. They are going to win that matchup night in and night out. So the Rockets are a defensive nightmare for the Lakers because if you go small, who are you going to put Anthony Davis on? You're probably going to put him on Covington, right? And you're probably going to put LeBron on Harden. Who in the world is going to cover Russell Westbrook? For them, yeah, you're probably going to put Danny Green. Yeah, I think PJ Tucker would get LeBron. Okay, so yeah, so you put see defensively the Rockets match up so much better than people think because if you're the Lakers against the Rockets small ball, what do you want to do? You want to pound Anthony Davis, pound Anthony Davis, dude. Go ahead, you want to do that? You're going to take LeBron out of the game. Cool, that's fine. That doesn't bother me whatsoever, and I trust Tucker. Not only Tucker, you have. Robert Covington, you have uh, Cephalosha, you have Damari Carroll, you have all these different dudes that you can throw at LeBron. I feel good about that. If I'm a Lakers fan, I am terrified of having to go up against Harden, Westbrook, Austin Rivers. Even I think Austin Rivers would eat against that, against Rajon Rondo. I think he would Aaron Gordon, good luck. The Clippers are a different story, but that's the reason why you want the Lakers in the second round. The way that the playoffs are set up right now, you play Denver in the first round, where I have some, some concerns, but if you get past Denver and the Lakers beat the, the Grizzlies, which, by the way, the Grizzlies would give the Lakers a horrific, not a horrific, I take that back, they would give them some problems. John Morant would give the Lakers some problems. The Lakers probably win it in five or six, but those are not easy games, I don't think. And then if the Rockets beat the Nuggets, you get them in the, in the second round. And then ultimately, you probably see the Clippers in the finals, in the Western Conference finals. I think, though, that the way the Rockets are right now, the current sixth seed in the West, I don't think that's going to be where the Rockets end up at the end of the day. No, I. I well, here's so here's the here's the reasoning. 
Right now, the teams that are ahead of them, Oklahoma City is a pretty young team. I'm not sure how they would respond to coming off of such a long hiatus, but I don't necessarily think the Thunder will... I I can't determine whether or not the Thunder are going to perform poorly or better because of of the lockdown. I do know, however, that the Jazz are not the same team that they were before the season ended. And that's because Bojan Bogdanovic is out for the year with his, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it's an elbow injury. It's definitely an upper body in or above his waist injury. Um, and he's out for the year. I don't like the whole Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, uh, whatever they have, brouhaha, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that will affect the team. I, I think that the Jazz are the easy target here. And if you look at the Rockets, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. I'm curious to see who they play against. I would like to see them play a good mix of teams that are beatable and teams that will give them a litmus test. So I'll say this. If if we play eight games, I would like to see six of those games come against teams that the Rockets can totally beat, and I'd like two of those games to be against either of the L.A. teams. Uh, you can play two Lakers, two Clippers, or one of each. I want to yeah. see you play both of those teams at least once because that will give you the true, true test of whether you're ready or not in this um, in this different. Because honestly, the way we see it, honestly, I think the way that we should all see this is this is a new season. This is a very shortened season um, where teams are, you know, jockeying for position uh, late in the play. It's almost like March in March Madness. Yeah. It's like you you play all the games, you figure out where you're supposed to be seated. The teams in the top are the Blue Bloods. The Lakers are Duke. The Clippers are Kentucky. uh, The Bucks are uh, Kansas. Like, those are the teams that you know are going to get the top seeds no matter what. And then you have the lower seeds, like, I guess, the who would the Houston Rockets be in, in the college basketball March Madness setting at this point? Because I have, I have a decent idea. I, I just want to know what you think. I don't know how much college basketball, you know, we haven't talked too much college here, but. I, I, watch, I watch a lot of it. I, this is tough. For me, uh, I, you know what? I'm going to go completely. Uh, I don't want to do that. Um. They kind of feel like Texas Tech a little bit to me. I was going to say either the University of Houston. I was going to go there, but I said I almost said that. I didn't want to go like too Homer. An underrated style of play. Yeah. Or I was going to say like the early 2000s Gordon Hayward Butler team. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like the early it's pretty Butler team because they almost feel like Kentucky a little bit too to me. Like Kentucky always tries to play Fast, up pace, get the ball up the court. Kalapari wants to, to move the ball. And you've got blue chip guys in Harden and Westbrook. I don't know if Eric Gordon's a blue chip kind of guy. But, yeah, they have that feel too. It's just, I, I get it. I mean, it's a brand new season. There's two teams that absolutely terrify me, though, if I'm a Rockets fan in the first round, that I do not want to see. What teams terrify you in the first round? Dallas and Oklahoma City. And why is that? Uh, two reasons. Number one, okay, so let's start with Dallas, right? You got, you look at the Mavericks, and Luka 
Lucas scares the, the you-know-what out of me, and so does Porzingis. Because the thing about Porzingis is, who would the Rockets put on him? And I get it, you'll, you know, Covington or Tucker, you know, I get that. I'm just saying, in the first round, I think we would beat Dallas, but it's going six or seven, for sure. I disagree. I'm not a big fan of Dallas in this uh, in this setup. Um, I mean, in this setup, they don't scare me as much. But pre-COVID, they scare me. But they they still do me. Either. Yeah, I hear. The thing is, the team is very young, and that's the only reason why. I think they're a very talented team, and give Luca and and Porzingis just two or three years together and have them go through the playoffs and go through some growing pains. Yeah, but yeah. give this team like two or three years and then they'll be uh, the team I'm worried about. They're, they don't worry me yet. Um, okay. they, they, there's very little playoff experience on the team. I mean, there's J.J. Barea, um, I guess Tim Hardaway. Did Tim Hardaway ever play in the playoffs? I, I don't think so. I mean, he played with the Hawks, yeah, probably once or twice. Um, Courtney Lee has finals experience, but Courtney Lee doesn't, I don't think he plays for Dallas. He's not going to be in the rotation. So like really like your main rotation guys, I guess Dwight Powell was on the, uh, was on the first playoff team. Seth Curry's having a good year for them. They also have great coaching, right? Like, I think Format, it's about coaching. Coaching is going to play a huge part in this. Getting your guys mentally prepared and things like that. But they're also, if you look at them pre-COVID, they're really balanced, man. Like, you look at Doncic, Porzingis at the top, right? But then you also had Hardaway averaging 16 a game. Seth Curry averaged 13. Dwight Powell averaged 9. Dorian Finney-Smith averaged 9. Max Klebler averaged 9 points a game. Like, Jalen Brunson, J.J. Barea, DeLon Wright. Like, you know, all of these guys, they it's add deep, up to a rough balance. It's a deep roster. Now, I'm still taking the Rockets, but the, this reason is completely different than the they, – they scare me the second most of realistic teams we play in the first round. Because realistically, first round, you're probably going to be playing the Mavericks, the Nuggets, the Jazz, maybe the Grizzlies if they go on a nice little run. I feel like – I honestly, Mike, I feel like any team within two to seven is is fair game. Like I don't think that they're. I don't think like because it's so tight, and I mean I don't think the Rockets like the Rockets are a game and a half back of seventh, but four back of second, and you know the six teams within two to seven are going to play each other. It just it just comes to which teams will match up. Um, which teams will match up against each other. It, they sure. won't play each other. It just, we just don't know who. So, to me, the Mavericks probably... I, I'd say this. The Jazz scare me the least. I think that the Rockets would beat the Jazz. Agreed. I think the Rockets would beat the Mavericks. I think the Thunder are a bit... The Thunder are a little scary because I they're, they're honestly going to Orlando to play spoiler somebody. They've had that aura around that team all year, and you know... For sure, they want to beat. Um, they want to beat Oklahoma City, or they want to beat Houston. And no, they and, got, Billy Donovan, and Billy Donovan knows Russell Westbrook better than any of these coaches. And they've got 
But see, the difference with the Thunder to me is I, I, I think Billy Donovan's okay. I know, I think he should have never have left Florida. I think he was at his sweet spot in college. Uh, I think he's a little bit overmatched X's and O's in the NBA. But for them, it's Stephen Adams. One went away from beating the best regular season team ever, and he's off to yeah. a he's, he's done a really good job with this team this year. Yeah, that's fair. I, but I think Chris Paul, I'm giving Chris Paul more credit for that than I am Billy Donovan. Uh, but Billy Donovan doesn't deserve credit. I, I'll give you that. But they have guys like Gillis Alexander, they have Danilo, they have Schroeder, they have Paul, they have Adams. They have no bench, so their bench really doesn't scare me. But Steve, like Stephen Adams, and I think Steve, talking about Stephen Adams brings up a big point for me. The Rockets' X factor that nobody is talking about is Tyson Chandler. Nobody is talking about Tyson Chandler because we haven't seen him all that much. Tyson Chandler could be a game changer when the league resumes for the Rockets. I'm going to throw that out there now, and we could be we could look back on this and say, "Oh my God!" Like Tyson Chandler could be the guy that they go to and say, "Look, we're going small. We're going small. We're going small." Boom! He has just enough juice left in those legs, and if you play the Thunder, you're going to see Tyson Chandler. You don't have a choice if you're I going. And- if we saw Tyson Chandler play more than 15 minutes in a game. I don't, I don't, I, I don't he's disagree in, with you. He's in the Nene role, role where, where we saw him. And I mean, Nene got minutes in the playoffs last year, but yeah. he wasn't like, I, it wasn't like Nene was a game changer. Uh, I think that having Tyson Chandler on this team, I, I think is very important because I do think there's going to be times where you do need a, a traditional big on the floor, but here's why I think here's the biggest reason why the Rockets are in a very good spot for this setup because in the past three years that D'Antoni has been coaching the big issue at uh, in in a big criticism of why the Rockets have lost in the playoffs is because the team is just gassed at the end bingo bingo you're not gonna get that this year uh, you're not going to get it to the same level. I mean, in a way, like these these games shouldn't be considered a sprint, but it isn't really a marathon either. It, it's it's gonna look the team that win. Like it's gonna be about who gets hot first. It's not necessarily gonna be about uh, who's the, I, I, the. It's very likely that the best team does not win the championship this year because of the, the way it is. However, this is this is probably the best year I feel the most confident about the Rockets. That is that is one thing that goes in their favor. They're a team that likes to play fast, well-rested. And yes, every other team is well-rested and every team is pretty much healthy for the most part, but the, that, that doesn't necessarily benefit their style of play. The Rockets, that benefits their style of play a lot. And we talked about it before, um, kind of like how this is going to feel like, you know, pickup games in a way, uh, just like, you know, pick your best five and, you know, good luck. Um, I don't think that we're going to see, but the thing is, Mike D'Antoni also can't get carried away because the setup does benefit him a little bit. He can't, he can't like get carried away with it because if if you go, if you, if you push these guys too quickly, they're going to get injured and that's why you have this regular season and i hope that in the regular season 
they don't take every game and push it to the max. I know that they're going to be fighting for playoff positioning, but I'd rather have I'd rather have you considering there's no home court to fight for. I'd rather simply just make sure that your guys are healthy and your guys are in a rhythm going into these playoffs because it's going to come down to simply who plays better. And I think that the Rockets have the capability to beat any team in the West. I do. I think that, um, especially with the setup, I think the Lakers and the Clippers are obviously your two biggest, toughest matchups, and you'd like to avoid them at all costs, but chances are you're probably going to see one, if not both of them. So I think the Rockets, what they need to do is they just need to play their game. They, they can't worry about other, other teams, and they just need to play their game. Well, they need to. He needs to. When I say he, D'Antoni has shown that he's willing to play more guys this year, right? I mean, you have to. You look at who, you know you're starting five: Westbrook, Harden, Gordon, Covington, and Tucker, right? But then you also have guys like Daniel House, Jeff Green, Ben McLemore, Austin Rivers. You have Damari Carroll. Um, you know, you have all these guys that. I know not all of them are going to get minutes in the playoffs, but I think all of them can help you. And for anybody who's ever played, you know, lifetime fitness, YMCA basketball, it's about getting just running. And you want to talk about the Rockets have horses to run. I mean, you need to get out and just run teams to death in the first part of the game. Put these games away. The Rockets, for some reason under D'Antoni, I never feel like know how to put their foot on the team, the other team's throat, and put them away. It's always close until the end. But I, I think this format works so well for us, man. Like, I, I really do. I, I think that, you know, Steven Adams, I don't think is going to be as impactful in this type of game. I think, you know, guys like Shea Gillis, Alexander for the Thunder are going to be more important. Uh, guys like uh, Jamal Murray in Denver. Uh, you're going to look to your perimeter guys to win these games for you. You're not going to want to slow down. It's gonna, the game's going to feel so much faster with no fans there. You know, It's just going to feel like, you know, hey, let's go, line them up and go. Um, but D'Antoni can't just rely on his six or seven guys. This team is a legit nine or ten guys. He needs to play them all at some point. You know, Damari Carroll was told some stuff to sign here, right? Let that dude play. That dude can play. You know, like they need, they need to let him play. Mm-hmm. And we'll obviously, I mean, it's still eight weeks away from the season, so we'll we'll definitely be diving into a lot of this in the weeks to come. But we're running out of time here a little bit. But I do want to. We haven't really talked a whole lot about it just because of the Rockets. It doesn't really apply to them, but. How do you feel about this 8-9 play-in possibility where – so I'll try to explain it to listeners that aren't familiar with it to uh, just to get, get everyone up to speed. So the, the Eastern Conference is inviting um, only nine teams. They're only bringing in uh, the Wizards and the Magic because at this point, the, the Wizards are five and a half games back of the Magic. And then every other team is pretty much out of it. Um, then you have the Western Conference. Uh, there's four teams outside of the playoff picture that are just four games back. So you have Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, 
San Antonio, and Phoenix. They're bringing Phoenix as well. So Phoenix is six games back. Now, the way it works is the eighth seed, the, the team that finishes eighth, if they have a lead of more or four or more games than the ninth place team, they automatically qualify for the playoffs. But if they if the deficit is less than four games, then there is a play in series in in which the number eight seed, it's a two game series. It, it works like college baseball almost, where the higher seed has to only win one of two games. And the lower seed, the nine seed, has to win both games in order to steal the eight seed and qualify for the playoffs. What were your initial reactions, Mike, when you heard about this? I think it's stupid. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's dumb. Like, this is the NBA trying way too hard to say, look at us, look how, you know, I praise their innovativeness at the beginning of the show for certain things, and I'm going to discredit it now because, like, why? If you're in the East, I mean, congrats, you're going to play Milwaukee and you're going to get killed And if you make it into the actual playoffs themselves. Yeah. And in I the mean, West, I think it's more interesting in the West than the East. I think the East is a way. Because you have, you have, you know, five teams. Uh, you have basically six teams vying for the eight spot. But yeah. the thing is, here's the reason why they did it. They wanted to find a balance between not uh, bringing teams so that they could play, bringing more teams so that they could play and compete for something. The eight games is plenty for, look, because, I mean, if, if the season ended as it is, Portland has the nine spot and it's only three and a half back, they would qualify for a play-in series. I, you know what? But I think here's the deal. Memphis. Now you look at Memphis and you look at Orlando and you think these are the two teams that probably suffer the most uh, oh, for in, sure. this, in this setup. Yeah. That, yes, they do, but I think the fact that you have to win just one of the two games is helpful in that scenario. I think yeah. that four games is, is a little too much. I think that Maybe three games would make sense. I think they did that, though, just because of where the teams currently sit in the standings, just to create a little bit more competitive uh, atmosphere. And I, I think that it, they, they try to appease all the parties here. And I honestly think at the end of the day, Memphis will be the eight seed. And I think that Orlando will be the eight seed. I, to me, it didn't make a whole lot of... I mean, we'll see. I mean, for all we know, Portland could come in real hot. They could get the eight seed. And they could play, you know, LeBron and AD in the first round, and that could that could cause some trouble. Or Zion yeah. and the Pelicans get real hot. They get the eight seed, and they get, you know, would you imagine that AD against the Pelicans and the, all the baby Lakers against against LeBron, their former leader? So, I mean, I think that look, I, I think for the circumstances, I get it. I, do I think that it should stay and be a part of? you know, more, like, more, like, normal seasons? No. But we'll see. You know, they have this opportunity to um, kind of use this as an experiment. And I know it's, it's difficult to uh, use things as an experiment when, you know, seasons are on the line and careers are being, you know, this is the regular season. It's not like you're doing this in the preseason or anything like that or, uh, like, in summer league. But 
I think also the fact that Memphis was three and a half ahead and the Magic were five and a half ahead. I think they had, you know, a chance to do it and they decided to take advantage of it. And, you know, we'll see. It could it could be a total flop and it could, you know, lead to some of the biggest robberies in NBA history. But also at the end of the day, like you get to play the Lakers or the Bucks in the first round. That's it. If like, you're, that's your consolation yeah. prize. You get to get smacked in the first round of the playoff. So, I mean, good for them. I'm glad that we're going to see some more exciting young teams uh, in in the end of the regular season here. I'm excited to see uh, the Kings. I think the Kings are underestimated here. They are. Uh, they have three and a half games uh, of a difference. I think that they could make some noise maybe down the stretch. They're very young, very fast. Um, you know, the Spurs will have a chance as well to continue their that playoff streak that's uh, desperately on the line. San Antonio, they are 27-36. So even if they go 8, no. They have a losing record for the first time uh, since 97. The most dangerous team that you just described and talked about is Portland. Because Sacramento, Sacramento doesn't make any... They won't make any noise, I don't think, against a Lakers team, mostly because of Luke Walton. I think Luke Walton is an absolutely terrible head coach. Um, but if you look at Portland, and he, you have a guy like Terry Stotts, who I love. I think X's and O's right up there with the best of them in the NBA. But for the Lakers, it all comes down to guard play for me. And you have a dangerous combination of Lillard and McCollum. And not only that, you have a guy like Hassan Whiteside, that you can throw, I'm not saying stop, but you can throw at AD by this point is, uh, what's his name back? Uh, who's the guy? Uh, Joseph Nurkic. You know, does he come back? So there's two bigs right there that you can throw at AD. And then you have guys like Trevor Ariza, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins is an, an interesting player for them. You have all of these different guys that you can throw at the Lakers. I'm not saying beat the Lakers, but I'm saying throw at the Lakers. And that's all you can ask for. But when you put C.J. McCollum and, and Damian Lillard, if he gets hot, he can win a game by himself, mm-hmm. you know? And the, But on the flip side of that, Portland has one of the best home court advantages in the league. I mean, they, mm-hmm. they sell out every single game. So actually not playing in Portland, I actually think hurts that team uh, by playing on a, on a neutral court. I don't really think it's going to bother the Rockets, the Lakers, the Clippers. Those teams have enough guys that – are going to make it work no matter what. Uh, so from that perspective, I do like it. And if I'm a Rockets fan, I'm pulling for Portland. I want Portland to win the eight seed. Because Memphis, yeah, they'll probably make a little bit of noise, but Portland is a team to keep an eye on. And if you're the Lakers, you do not want Portland in a seven-game series, in my opinion. Because they will take them at least five. Portland will get them one game. And I think they have enough horses to win a second game. So... Something to keep an eye on if you're a Rockets fan is Portland in the number eight seed. Right. And I think that's a good place to park the rocket ship. We're obviously going to be talking a lot more about, uh, you know, different scenarios. I mean, I know it seems so close because of the, the, the buzz from it all. We do have a, a long time, but... Hopefully, because now we have something to look forward to again, uh, these next couple weeks are going to breeze by. Um, but, uh, Mike, drop your Twitter handle down in the uh, for the listeners to uh, be able to follow you. 
You can follow me at UH Big Red Hat Guy. Yes. And you can follow me at Jeremy Brenner. That's I B R E N E R. To continue our five series for our top 15 teams of all time. Uh, and we are going to post those. Uh, our part four will uh, come out next Monday. And then part five will come out next Thursday. The final six teams on our list, you will uh, get to hear everything uh, about what we think about the top six Rockets teams of all time. Maybe this 2020 team could uh, trump a lot of these teams on that list. We'll only have to find out and see. After that, we'll definitely uh, dive into a lot more uh, scenarios and analysis of where the Rockets are currently and how they're going to adapt to the uh, post-COVID NBA bubble in Orlando. It's it's going to be a once-in-a-lifetime, literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for everyone involved, uh, for the viewing uh, public just to see games in a different way, for the players, for the coaches, for something that is historic. And, you know... This this has been a very interesting um, couple of weeks, uh, couple months. It's just unprecedented times. Uh, some, you know, and a lot of it is very unfortunate. Um, just the world that we've seen. There's a lot of negative, and it's unfortunate to see that. Um, but especially being from Houston, both Mike and I, uh, I I know. Uh, obviously, it's not really a secret about. Uh, what happened to George Floyd and, and the uh, that have been going on across the country? And, um, listening to this um, brings some uh, brings some joy because we need it right now. Um, so we need to support support our uh, American friends, and family. Uh, we need to support everyone because at the end of the day, it's everyone. We're all together and have to be able to work together to create uh, this world we live in. Um, I wasn't planning that, but I said that, but just love people who they are, not their skin color or, or anything else. Just love the person for um, And yeah, just treat others with respect and kindness. So what I have to say about it. We can go ahead, but... Um, no, I want to, I just want to say that, you know, we're, we're all human, man. And I, I, I hope that one day that we live in a society where we look at each other as, hey, that's my buddy, you know, Jeremy, not that's my white buddy, Jeremy, or that's my African-American buddy, or that's my Native American friend. It's, that's my buddy, you know? And they, these types of events, they need to stop. Um, and I, I hope people listen to our show for because they enjoy just listening to some sports talk. You know, mm -hmm. I, I hope that we get people. I hope we make them laugh a little bit because uh, both you and I are very funny individuals. Um, I appreciate your humor. You know, I I just wanna I wanna give people some laughter, man. Like I feel like we need some good in 2020. Like, all of this is happening, and then yesterday it comes out that hurricane season is starting, or whatever it was. I'm like, great. That's all we need in 2020 right now is the start of hurricane season. Um, but 
like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm so happy the NBA is coming back because it gives us something now to, you know, Bundesliga has been going on and all these different things have been going on. Bad in our world that in a time like this, so many people look to sports. They look to sports for that distraction from everything else in the world. And from week to week, show by show, Harden my take will be there for you to talk sports, have some fun. Even if you disagree with us, let us know why. Engage us in a conversation. I promise you we will not bite. Uh, love everybody. Uh, man, it's, I pray for a world right now, Jeremy Brenner. I, I truly do every day. I hope we can move past this as a society and, and learn to treat each other with more love and respect. Well said. And Excellent. thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, I don't have much else to say. I guess follow us on Twitter at Dream. You can also catch out all of our Rockets content at thedreamshake.com. Give us a like on Facebook if you haven't done so already. And be sure to uh, check out our Dreamshake page, thedreamshake.com, uh, where you can three pack of face coverings or masks for $25 from our friends at Fanatics. Uh, buying one of these, our website will uh, give me towards Feeding America and I believe it's AULC Canada. I wish I remember that, but you can support uh, local, uh, you can support charities across the country uh, and help uh, feed some of the hungry in a very difficult time in our country right now. It's uh, Feeding America, Seven Harvest Canada. So uh, you can go by just by clicking uh, buy on our on on the article on the page. You can help save lives. So be sure to to our website and look for that. Thank you so much for tuning in this episode of Pardon My Take. And until next time, go Rockets. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical.